We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, give me a little enthusiasm here. I know we've been working Let's on go, it. Let's go, Jared. There it's it time. is. I love it. Good enthusiasm. We got to keep everybody interested and into it. And Nate, I'm excited to talk some Angels baseball. Second time today. We're, we recorded two today. A lot of fun. And we got one out this morning. We're going to get this one out. Friday morning, then we'll be back Monday, I think, because, yeah, we're going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday then, and, you know, we're going to be talking a whole bunch of baseball. Hopefully, we're going to have some Game 163s to talk about. I really hope we do. Oh, that would be awesome. That's always fun, and just baseball is baseball. Like, postseason baseball is, I'm excited for it. I really, really am. Gotta root for chaos, buddy. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm I'm always for it. Like, give give me as much chaos as possible, even if you know, the Mariners are in it, even if, I don't care, just just give me chaos for baseball. So, Nate, let's start off this podcast with a little question, a little fun question here for you. I posted it on Twitter. I will ask you it now. Who would you rather have, player A or player B? Listen closely. I'm only going to say it one time. Player A, 8-3 in 93 innings pitched, a 2.5 F war, 3.76 ERA, and a 2.91 FIP, or player B, 13 and 10, 164 innings pitched, a 2.4 F4, 4.39 ERA, and a 4.00 FIP. You got all that? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Um, It's a tough one, but... From an Angels perspective, I got to take player B because we seem to have 150 injuries from the pitching staff every year. And it feels like that, it, honestly, like innings pitch could be the reason why Zach Wheeler wins Cy Young this year. So I want the guy who's going to actually throw for us. 
if they're making the same amount of money and everything. Like, obviously, if money comes into it, then it's a totally different scenario. But if player A and B were offered the same contract and both of them accepted and we can only take one, I think I'd rather take player B just from the standpoint of he's going to pitch just about every fifth day. Player A will pitch, what, three months of the year? Four months out of the six? That's fair. That's fair. And before I tell you who these players are or give mine, let's just roll through this real quick. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast, Talking Halos. It's fantastic. I'm excited for this offseason to start. We have so many great guests. Uh, I haven't even told this guy yet, but Jacob Cisneros will be our first guest. I, I, Jacob, if you're listening to this, you are going to be our first guest to hop on with us this offseason, talk some Angels baseball with us. Um, yeah, doesn't even know yet, but we, we will get him on, I, I promise. I promised him. I promise you guys. It's always a fun guest. He knows his stuff. So, guys, give us one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this rolling. And Nate, do you want to know who these players are that I was just talking about? Well, can you give us your answer first? That's fair. So... It's tough for me. It really is. And since I know who these players are... I know. That's a big advantage. It is. I get I, I get an argument for both sides. I really do. And and for what it's worth, Nate, Twitter disagrees with, with your answer. That's fine. I, and I get... They care where, about the sexy stats, and that's fine. But being an fair. Angel fan and watching us side guys who throw 45 innings and have good ERAs, like, that doesn't help us. I and I totally I totally agree because I, I did a little research today and the Angels have the least starting pitchers, the least pitchers since two thousand fifteen to pitch hundred and fifty innings in a yep. single season. They only had yep. seven. I could have told you that. Yes. Like well, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, there could Tampa be some... Bay would be the only other team that you could even put in that yeah. but it's clearly the Angels. They just have so many injuries every year. Yeah, I mean, even Tampa has guys that that do their thing. Like Tampa had eleven guys, um, but I thought there might be some like NL teams that you know didn't get like deep into games, and like Pittsburgh maybe or Colorado. Colorado, yeah, teams like that that you know just you know don't use a lot of pitching. But no, the Angels only had seven guys that have ever done that or that have done that since two thousand fifteen. I was not, you know. I was not surprised, like like we just talked about, but at the same time, I thought that you know there would be other teams that were 
decently close to the Angels. And next closest is ten. Uh, would, yeah, which was kind of which kind of interesting. Detroit and Texas only have ten only had ten guys, and it makes sense with Texas actually because of Arlington, like the old ballpark, yep. and yep. like that was just such a hitters park. But and yeah. it makes sense with Detroit, especially knowing the way they've done their their young pitchers. Mm-hmm. It's been like hey, pitch count, yeah. inning count, like that makes sense too. Yeah, di- kind of different different place than where the Angels were at. And I also kind of thought sure. the Mets might be on there, too, with all of Jacob their... Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, but J- yeah, DeGrom, though, on the other hand, is... Seeing, like, DeGrom might have more... He might By have six, six straight years of 150 innings pitched. Like, yeah. I, that'd be kind of interesting to see. I, Kershaw I'm, might be there by himself, too. Yeah, like, Kershaw. There could be a couple guys that have it by themselves. Garrett Cole, probably. Yeah. To be honest. So, yeah, I, I'm with it. But back onto that conversation we're having, like, I understand both sides of the argument. Like, you have to hope that player A continues with what, you know, we saw. And I think there's a good argument with the low FIP that he would, in a sense, continue that or at least be a, a league average pitcher. But you do worry about the injuries, like, like you talked about. And, you know, you do want guys that go deep into games and guys that pitch you know, that make 30 starts in a season. And so I, I, I understand both sides. I'll say player, just because I know, I don't, player A, you know, just because I like the sexy stats, but player B is definitely a guy that, I mean, I think that everybody needs and everybody wants is like a nice 3-4 starter, if that makes sense. And I'll just tell you who it is now. Player A is Alex Cobb, and player B is Hun Jin Ryu. Yep. So... I get both sides of the argument. I knew I, I knew player A was Cobb. Yeah. I was not a hundred percent sure on Hunjin Ryu. Um, I was I was trying to think maybe it was like a Yankee pitcher or something like that. But uh, and and Ryu this year, like he's had a down year, but he was two point nine last year and a hundred and sixty hundred or hundred hundred and ninety five innings or something like that. Like he threw that many innings last year. Yeah. Well, twenty nineteen. But yes. Well, I was going to say 2020. I think he threw the same amount of innings as Cobb is on this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, different years, so that, that that's fair. But, True. yeah, it's 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 a tough argument. It's an inter- interesting argument, and it kind of brings me – kind of, I didn't want to skip around the Alex Cobb because I have mm-hmm. another Alex Cobb question kind of farther down on what we were talking about. But since we're already talking about him, do you think the Angels should re-sign him? Do we think the Angels should bring him back? And what should a contract look like for Alex Cobb if they decide to? So this is dependent on two things for me. One, it's dependent on who else they're going to get. You know, if Alex Cobb is going to be their best free agent signing from pitching standpoint, no. If he is going to complement a couple other guys, I'd be fine with it. Um, I'm not paying him more than ten million. I think that's. I think you're looking at, and I don't think I'd get him with two years, twenty million. Unless he just absolutely loves playing for Joe Madden and absolutely loves being an angel. Now, saying that, Alex Hobb has been great for us. I think when the trade happened, I think I said it was a C-plus move because I didn't think Jabari Jones was that good. And, you know, Alex Cobb was a veteran who had been good in the past. But if that's going to be your number one pitching acquisition in uh, the offseason, not worth it for me. And if we're going to give him $15, 20000000 million, I think there are other guys that I would be willing to give 12 to $15, 20000000 million um, 
especially from a health standpoint. I think Cobb's had a tough time staying healthy. Some of it has been uh, freak accidents. I know he had the line drive off the off the head in Tampa. Um, he had some injuries in Baltimore one year. I think he only made like two or three starts and missed the whole year. He also so, pitched in Baltimore for the Orioles. Hey, it's I, I understand that, but like he was injured there. He was injured in Tampa. Like he's had some spots where he's been injured and. And now he's been injured with the Angels. I know some of them are kind of freak incidents, but it's still like the Angels and injuries just, it feels like you mentioned an Angel player and they're on the IL. Like, I think we mentioned like, oh, you know, we don't want to say Trout could get hurt this year, but, you know, there's always that chance. And what do you know? He's out for the year. Like, you just mentioned an Angel guy and he's hurt. Yeah, I know. I, I get where you're coming from. It's tough. It really is like we we constantly say like you don't want to continue to go back and sign angels for one year deal or sign pitchers for for one year deals and that's I feel like where the angels have been a lot in the past and I, I, at some point you have to get over that and I think this off season is the year hopefully like I don't I don't know I would, I'd have to hope so <laughs> uh but I just think it's so I don't know. You know, it's like Alex Cobb wants to pitch in Anaheim, which knowing the Angels, you know, why would you want to come pitch in Anaheim in a sense? Like, you get that argument as well. Like, you get a guy who wants to play for you and play for Joe Madden, then go ahead and, you know, like, why why not, you know, attempt it? But there's Will also... take a discount? Exactly. That's, no, the, it, that's the biggest question. Like, is he going to be a guy where, you know... Maybe the Boston Red Sox go, hey, we're very close to making the playoffs. We just missed or we, we're losing the, the wild card game, whatever. We're going to go out and give Alex Cobb two years, $14 million, $28 million a year. Would he take two years, you know, $18 million with the Angels? $5 million difference. I know it's not that big of a difference, but is that what I said, $5, five million difference? Like, yeah, not that big of a difference, but, like, it is actually a big di- big deal. So would he be willing to take that, or is he a guy who's like, hey, $5 million's a big deal to me. I'm going to take it and go to Boston. Yeah, and I, I understand that. I, I do. I, said, I think this is kind of a tougher question than, you know, that, that, uh, than, you know we think about. And the Angels have a lot of money on the books. But, again, I think the answer to it is exactly how you answered it. If Alex Cobb is that big name, you know, if it's Jose Quintana, if it's if it's Matt Harvey, if it's Dylan, well, they traded for Dylan Bunny, but if it's that type of guy on that one-year deal. Joe Blanton. Joe, well, Joe Blanton was the last multi-year deal, by the way. I, I, believe, I believe so. It was two pitch. years, yes. I remember that. So, but if that's going to be the guy you're getting as your prized free agent signing, there's there's going to be an issue. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, think the, I think that the Angels' rotation is interesting next year, and... I think it can only get more interesting, and I think that dude, this offseason is going to be crazy. I, I really do. I, we say it every year. We do say it every year, and we do hype it up, but like it, it, it's continuing to get like a little bit better and a little bit better every, every single year. And like I feel like this last offseason was kind of uneventful, very uneventful. I, I don't know if that. Well, you you gave it an A. Well, you, you filled the spots. You, you filled the yeah. spots. To be so fair. it wasn't that uneventful if they no. did that. But yeah, getting back to your point, I, I, I understand. We're, we're on the same page when it comes to Cobb. Like, bring him in on, on a 
decent deal where it's kind of a hometown discount, so you say, and um, just kind of not make him the best free agent pitcher we get. Definitely. So, Nate, let's move on to today's, well, yesterday's game. Man, I heck of a start. That's why I know you were excited at the start of this podcast because you gave me all the enthusiasm right early on. Like in the first inning, you gave me so much enthusiasm like the Angels' five-run inning today. And then it just kind of dropped off from there, didn't it? It's, I know, it's it, tough. It was. I don't know if you watched the game. I was able to watch a little bit of the game. Five-run first. I think the Angels batted around. Uh, Shohei Otani almost yes. might have batted twice in that inning. We saw the double for Otani. We saw Jared Walsh actually. Triple. Yeah, the triple for for Otani, my bad. Actually, um, tied for the Major League league lead in triples, if I'm not mistaken still. Jared Walsh had a three-hit game. Brandon Marsh had a two-hit game. And then it just kind of all fell apart. Like I said, five run first. The Angels ended up scoring one more in the fifth inning. 5-5 going into the eighth, and Angels give up two. Tough, tough loss. You know, Shohei Otani came up in the ninth, hit one to the wall. And I, I think, let's see, Jose Rojas hit one to the wall in the sixth or seventh inning. And this is kind of an incident that I would love to talk about right now because I don't know. If, were you watching the game at all? A little bit. Okay. 406-foot fly ball to dead center field, a home run in, I believe, 10 ballparks by Jose Rojas. The runner's on first and second. Walsh is on second base. A very knowledgeable baseball player, in my opinion. Smart baseball player. Knows what he's doing with, I think, no outs at the time. Does not tag up. Actually cost the Angels a run. Possibly, probably cost them the game when it's all said and done. Nate, we've said this before. We say it again. It's the simple things. Like, if you want to play 1980s baseball like Joe Madden is saying that they need to do, they need to do the little things right and tagging up on that ball to center field because you are walking in if the ball is down and you are 110% walking in if the ball is over the fence. You need to tag up on, on that type of play, and especially from first base, I think, too. That, that's, a, that's a pretty easy tag there as well. I, I'm, I'm not sure who was – let's see, who would have been on base? Um, Jack Mayfield, Mayfield was – yeah, Mayfield or Stassi was probably on first base at the time. I, it, was, it was had to have been – Mayfield because Stassi didn't get on base today, but Mayfield's fairly quick too, and it just you know you have to tag up. It's it's the little things in baseball that just really I think bother us old school guys. Like even if Mayfield gives a good hard fake to make sure that they don't throw the third, like yeah, and, and there's no chance that they're getting Walsh a third. Like I know Walsh is is a little bit. He's not slow, but he's not fast either. So even if Mayfield gives a good, like, hey, I'm tagging, so the first baseman has to say 2-2-2 to the shortstop, that's huge. And even even more so if he can get into scoring position because then that takes away the double play, and now they have to think about walking a guy. and It, it becomes a big, big deal. So, yeah, it's, it's something that has happened for, what, a long time now that they have struggled – doing the little things yeah and to be fair here let's see this is how it went down it was top of the fifth inning walsh singled to left field nice opposite field hit um stassi flew out to left field so there's one out so yes one out even even more of a reason why 
Next batter, Mayfield, a C&I single to third base, and then Jose Rojas flies out to dead center field, 406 feet on the dot. Juan Lagares then single, scoring um, scoring Walsh. So Walsh ended up scoring. However, if, Mayf- if Walsh tags, then Mayfield tags. I think Mayfield went back to go tag. So that actually ruined, that, that did actually end up, being a big factor in the game because Mayfield wasn't able to score on that. Mayfield only was able to go to second base on on that play. So, and then Renifo ended up striking out for the third out of the game. But I mean, like I said, regardless, the little one things, out I think is a little different. Like I don't I don't mind the going halfway on one out because you're probably not scoring on something with two outs that you wouldn't have scored from second and third. Like. The only thing is a wild pitch. 406-foot so, fly ball to center field. Dead oh, center field. I, I understand. I understand. Like, you, you got to tag on that. Mm-hmm. But at least there's, with one out, it, it makes a little bit more sense. With no outs, I'd be throwing a fit. I'm, I'm still throwing a little bit of a fit. I think that, like, again, it's the little things in, life, in, in baseball that really, I think, get to us. And not tagging like that is just, it's one of those things where you look back, you just throw your head back in the air and you're like, why can't we tag yeah. on that? Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's the little things. It's the just not smart baseball moves that I think get us. And like I said, I'm not a guy to, to bash on the Angels. I, I don't I don't like to do that. But this is one of those times where, you know, like you have to get the bunt down. You have to, you have to tag up. You have to do, you know, the little things right. Break up the play, break up the double play to continue the, to continue this, you know, if it's a 3-0 pitch, take a pitch, you know, like, I, I mean, I think there's a time and place to be swinging 3-0, but most of the time, I think, you know, 3-0 pitch, take it, work yourself a walk, continue to, continue to, you know, get deep into pitcher, into counts, let's see how deep you can get pitchers, like, for us, I, I think we're kind of on the same page here, the little things that I think need to happen correctly, and, and it's just a lack of concentration, a lack of not, not effort. It's definitely not a lack of effort because no, it's a lack of knowledge. It's just a lack, or it, it, a lack of clarity. Yeah, something that could be taught that might not be taught because it, there might not be as much practice as people as other teams. Hundred percent. I think that the the work going on behind the scenes is just not quite there, and I get it. We're 106, 159 games into the season, and the Angels aren't going to the playoffs. But Shohei Otani also had a hustle double today. Like yes. I, I, he blooped a ball to down the line to left field, or he hit a like a slow roller with the shift on, and it trickled past first base and or past um, third, base. third base. And Shohei Otani almost gets thrown out at second base, but instead he has a double. You know, like you're 156, 59 games in. Mike Trout's running balls out in game 162 no matter what the record is for the Angels it's it's just the little things I think that that get us you know like how many of these guys and and we'll talk about this probably on Monday um how many of these guys on the 40-man roster are working for a job next season probably about 30 of them 30 of them probably more probably 40 of them (laughs) like realistically Eh. they're they're yeah Yeah, there's a couple guys like you're we're right like most of these guys have a, like quite a few of these guys have a job, but more 30, than half, seventy-five percent of these guys are hoping for a job next year in baseball somewhere. They're hoping yeah. to get paid. 
So, like, you, you'd have to imagine that these guys, like, it's not a lack of effort. It is not. No. So, that's, that is my issue there. I, I, well, I don't know. And if you want to go, if you want to go base running things, the other thing that, that we didn't bring up uh, about yesterday, or two days ago, one, the guards getting picked off third with Shohei Otani up. What are we doing? Yeah, that it's unacceptable, yeah. and it, it it ends the inning. It, it was just oh my gosh, it was one of the worst baseball things I ever saw. And I got a text message saying, "I'm shocked Shohei Otani didn't just throw his bat at the guards and say you idiot." <laughs> and it's like, you know, honestly, like that's not Otani. But if he would have done that, I would have been like, "Good for you, buddy." That is dumb. Uh, like, like you said, like. It's just, uh, it, 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 I get that it's game 150 and, and you're, I don't even know how many games out of a playoff spot, but you're, Juan Lagares is looking for a job next year, correct? Mm-hmm. Like Juan Lagares is hoping for a spring training invite somewhere. He's hoping that he's going to make a major league team somewhere. Jared Walsh, you know, has a job. It, it is what it is. Will yep. he be platooning with somebody? He's hoping for at-bats against lefties next year. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at with this whole thing. So, you know, at some point you need to, like, this is where the, I think the lack of leadership comes into play too here, Nate. Like, oh, yeah. This is, that, that is a... There's, no, there's nobody who's, when that guy's walking to the dugout to end, end the game, end the ending, whatever, there's nobody going up to him and jumping him and being like, hey, you know that's not how we do things here. Not one person, not even Joe Madden's doing that. Yeah, no, I mean... Like that I said, shouldn't be Joe Madden's job, honestly. Like, Joe Madden should not have to go up to a... Somebody who has been in the league for a little bit of time, is especially Juan Lagares. Lagares has been in the game for a while. Like we should not have to go up to him and be like, "You have two outs and the best hitter on the team is up, and you're on third base. Best hitter you're in not the world. going anywhere." Yeah, yeah, that's it's t- that's tough. Like, like I said, it's it's not lack of effort. It's not lack of it's it's knowledge. It's, it's lack of knowledge. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a baseball giant baseball IQ. Baseball IQ. Yeah, it's like I said. I understand that it is a game one hundred and fifty, whatever Angels are, whatever amount of games out of a playoff race. I get it, but at the end of the day, you're playing for a job next year. You you really are, and it's it's. I I, I think you guys that are listening to this, you you can hear it in our voices. You you understand it. You you get it. You know what's you know what's going on with this whole thing. So. Nate, last thing that I really want to talk about, and I found this to be extremely interesting. I think I kind of forgot to talk about it yesterday, but J.J. Cooper posted this. He is part of Baseball America, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. The Rays, typical, like we talk about the Rays quite a bit on this podcast and how they are with their minor league teams and development and such. They are first place in the AL, best record in the AL. Their AAA team had the best record in their division and won the championship, whatever it was this year, the playoffs. They won it. AA, they lost by one in a deciding game in the championships. High A, they had the best record in high A, plus they won the championship. Low A, they had the best record in low A, and they won the championship. Can can you guess what they did in the complex league? In the, Probably think, won the championship and had the best record. Best record in complex, also and won I did the championship. See this tweet, by the way. Yes. Fantastic. I love J.J. Cooper. He, Baseball America is great. Nate, the question now is, would you rather develop or would you rather win in the minors? And I think that I, we, we know I think, the answer to this. 
Yeah, I, I think it's both, honestly. I think you have to win to develop. 100%. And, you, you know, if, you, if your development process is, is losing games, then, then that's what you're going to have when, when they get called up to the big leagues is losers. Because it sounds weird, and, and I know it does, but people get used to losing, whether it's in life, whether it's in high school baseball, whether it's in college baseball, whether it's in professional baseball. You get used to losing. And if you're always used to losing, losing does not hurt as bad. So, you know, some of these guys with the Angels, it's like, hey, I've never been on a winning team. It's game 159. It's really not that big of a deal that we're 18 games out of first place, 34 games, whatever it is, out of first place. Um, It's just like, okay. And the scene that always comes up in my mind when we bring this stuff up is the scene in Moneyball when uh, Jeremy Giambi is dancing after a loss and, uh, you know, Brad Pitt's character uh, comes in, throws the bat, and is like, what are we doing? Is losing fun? And, like, Giambi's kind of like, uh, it's like, no, no, no. Like, is losing fun? He's like, no. It's like, then what are we doing? And, and that's kind of what you what you get when, when you just continue to not develop to win. And another team that does this really well, and I know it's a cross-sport thing, but the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh believes that winning in the preseason builds winning in the regular season. He, ha- he does not care. He's trying to score 40 points on you. He doesn't care if it's the the four stringers or if it's the first stringers. He's going out there. There are times in, in the preseason where he, I've seen him go for it on fourth down. It's like, this is preseason, right? But he believes that winning in the preseason gets you winning in the regular season. And, I, and I'm a big believer in that. And I think that if you're going to develop, you need to develop to win. Yeah, the the guys on the telecast today they, they said this is as well, and it it, it, it hit well. Like I, this was something that I really really wanted to talk about, and it's it's tough. Like I, even Joe Madden has said it, and I, I I don't. It's not eyewash. It, it with Joe Madden, it it really isn't. It's you know these guys are they want to win, you know. And you ask any minor leaguer, they want to go out there and win, and I think. Winning is is huge for development, and I I can't stress that enough. I think that like people are like, oh, you need to develop your guys. Like winning doesn't matter. No, winning is the sole purpose of development. I think like I think it's a byproduct of you know everything that has happened. I, I, correct? Like Nate, how many teams have you been on that you know you're like when you're on a bad team? And not, I'm not saying that like. Baltimore Orioles, for example, like the Baltimore Orioles want to get better. The Angels, yeah. the Angels, like this is a perfect example. The Angels want to get better, like a hundred percent. Like the Major League team wants to get better, but it's it's really tough when you're losing games. And I think we see this with the Angels right now. It's like, well, they're not winning games and they're not getting better. Like you're just really stuck in a in a in a rut. Like I don't know how else to really explain it. You know? Yeah. And it reminds me of, like, high school. I remember, like, first year of high school, we were, like, freshman team, we were we were bad. Like, we weren't that bad where we got last place. We, I think we finished third place. And then the next year, we got second place. And then the next year, we were on varsity as a entire team, like, that had grown up together. And it was like, hey, guys, we've never – we don't know what this playoff feeling is like, but we want to get there. We've 
we've kind of been to the playoffs a little bit. And we got to the playoffs that first year, and it was like, okay, we got there. But there's something more that, that's better. Like, we want to win. And my senior year, we, we were number 11 in the nation, and I think we finished – we won our league. Like, it was a big celebration. Like, that's where we wanted to be. And it was continuing to get better every single year. But we were winning games. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you know, it's okay, little Johnny. We got last place. Like, no, we, we wanted to win baseball games. Yeah, 100%. And for those who were hoping for the stats here, Salt Lake City was 53-73. and 73. Rocket City was 54-56. and 56. Tri-City was 43-68. and 68. Inland Empire was 56 and 61. Arizona Complex League was 30 and 28. And the DSL was 30 and 26. And I don't. So there are three. You want to know what's funny about those? What's up? That's probably like if you go back every year, they're right around the same numbers every year. Probably, yes. 100%. Definitely are. And actually, yes, I've done this before. And. The last time, and I could totally be wrong, last time that an Angels minor league team went to the playoffs, I think was 2016, maybe? I, I, and I'm not kidding. Like You think that like at some point one of these teams would have made it to the playoffs. No, like the Angels minor league system hasn't won. Like They've had losing records for a long time now, and that's something I'll, I'll look up. Like, again, I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to bash this team i don't want to bash this organization but at some point you need to bring a winning culture like joe adele i think i've said this before joe adele and Brandon he's Marsh, never been on a winning team they have not been on a winning team since high school it's on that's that's crazy to me to think that jordan adams hasn't been on a winning team since high school you know reed detmer's okay reed detmer's a little different he, he, he's he just on a winning team in, he's in new Louisville. yeah but back onto it inland empire was 56 and 61 uh, Arizona was 30 and 28. DSL was 30 and 26. The, the big thing, I think, between these records that I noticed, so Double A was two games under 500. The best coaching staff, that 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 coaching staff is unbelievable. Keep an eye out for for Jay Bell. Like he, it's gonna he might be a major league manager next year when it's all said and done. Jay Bell did God's work in Double A. He they did something different there. They really did. And it's it's unbelievable. The Dominican Summer League and the AZL, I don't know if this had anything to do with it, and, and we're getting kind of long with this podcast, so we'll try to wrap this up quickly, but I don't know if this had anything to do with it, but I think they had the benches cleared between them probably eight times. I don't know like if that's like a little chip on the shoulder. I, I'm, I'm not kidding either, Nate. Like, the Angels once, haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, once a, once a week it felt like I was getting a text like, the DSL bench is cleared or the AZL, the bench is cleared. And it was like, this is weird. Like I'm I'm not saying that like every, like you want to be the bad boys. Like, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if it was on Netflix or Hulu, whoa, but whoa, whoa. the thrashers. Hold on. Hold on. You I, said there's no place in baseball for that. Well, I think that you need to have a chip on. I think <laughs> you need sorry, to have I'm a chip sorry. on your shoulder. You, 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 you get my different. You get the difference between to. this, right? I had to. Like I think the I think the Chicago White White Sox have a have a have a chip on their shoulder. I I do, and I think I don't. I think that there's a good place, and I think there's a bad place for it. And I think that the way that Tony Larusa handles himself is is not good, in my opinion. But I think that having like a chip on your shoulder is absolutely a good thing. Like you look at 
like the leadership standpoint and what Jose Abreu did wasn't good. Like, and, and we, we said it was soft. He, he was being, we will, I'm not going to say that word. He, he was, he was being soft and that's totally fine. But I think that the way that some teams handle it, like if you're retaliating for something I that, think the that Astros are happened. one of those teams, they have that chip on their shoulder and they like ever since people put that bullseye on their back of like, Oh, these guys are cheaters. They're, They've had that chip on their shoulder, like screw you guys. I don't 100%. care if we cheat or not, like, and they definitely cheated. But we we don't care. We're gonna go win a hundred games with or without the cheating. And you can continue to think we're cheating, but we're gonna continue to put up 150 runs every time we can, and just blow everyone out. Yeah, Bryce Harper is a perfect example of this. I know we both love, love Bryce Harper. Like, is Bryce Harper like? And this is gonna sound weird, but is Bryce Harper the baddest bad? Like, I don't know, I'd like, is he the villain of Major League Baseball? Like, can you think of another villain, really? Like, minus the Astros. Machado. And, and those guys, like, okay, we're talking about these guys. Those guys are some of the best players in baseball, correct? Oh, yeah, 100%. absolutely. And, like, the players you and hate. And I think Bryce Harper, the funny thing is, Manny Machado is, like, forgotten. Like, I feel like Harper and Machado are really forgotten about the bad boys. Like, people f- aren't even paying attention to Bryce Harper. He... He could win the MVP, even though his team's going to miss out on the playoffs by a couple games. But he could still win the MVP. He put up unbelievable numbers this year. Yeah, Bryce Harper, Tatis, again, a guy who yeah. is in the MVP race. Even Machado's had a had a pretty good year too, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, this is this is again where it goes back and forth, and I just don't know. Like. Is there a place for bad boys in baseball? Like, there's got to be, right? Like, you have you, you have, have the ba- you have the bad boys in hockey. You have those enforcers in football. You have those. Yeah, everybody has it. But like, I feel like we're getting out of that era of 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 bad boys. But it's almost like the Angels need to start having a chip on their shoulder and need to, you know, you need you need Lou Pinella. <laughs> you need that guy who's gonna fire you up. And and there's always. Your bet the best teams always have those guys, you know that that are the hated ones. You know, like that you don't want them, you don't want to play against them, but you love them on your team. You know, like I, I can't think of Bryce Harper that way. The reason why I've been yelling for Jared Weaver to be on the uh, coaching staff because mm-hmm. that is the guy. Maybe that he was may- that guy. Maybe that is the answer. You know, maybe I, I I agree. Maybe that is the answer. You know, so. Nay, oh, I, I am old school, new school. Like, there's got to be a middle man in it. Like, I, I get arguments for both sides of old school baseball. I get arguments for new school baseball. I think that the there's a right way to do old school baseball, and I think there's a right way to do new school baseball as well. I don't think everybody should be soft with it, but I think there's a time and a place to be, you know. A, a badass i think there's a time and a place to be an asshole to people like always i, I think there is and i think we kind of saw it a little bit with dylan bundy last year like there's that little bit of spark when joe madden came out or i think it, joe madden started warming somebody up in like the fourth inning and bundy had like 60 pitches with runners on first and second and gave up a run or something like that and you saw the bullpen start going and bundy got out of it and was like, sit the fuck down or something like that. Something, something ridiculous. And it was like, what? Like, pulled the David Wells. Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> I, or was that Andy Pettit? I don't know who it was. but David, I, David was Wells, Wells refused to let uh, Joe Torrey warm up anyone while he was still pitching. He I, goes, warm him up while I'm, while, I'm in the, while I'm in the dugout. But when I'm on that mound, 
nobody else is warming up. I don't know, man. I think that I think that what we've seen in the Angels' low, low minor league system with just a little bit of a chip on the shoulder and just kind of that asshole mentality that you know. Wow, I've been cussing a lot, but that you know, I am a I, I me, 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 I, 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 you know, I want to be the best mentality is there, and I think that you know this is. We're starting to see it. I, I'm interested to see what happens next year with the with with these guys moving up in the Angels minor league system, and I think that the Angels need some bad boys, and I think that starts with Max Scherzer. <laughs> and yes, I, I, yeah. let's just let's just leave That's it at that. Guy. Let's just leave it at that. Nate, you have any final thoughts for tonight or today? Uh, just a final thought is, you know, we talked about Joe Madden and how it's not really him to just say things. I think he's the one who really brought that culture to Tampa Bay of like winning matters. It doesn't matter if we're if we're winning in single A, double A, triple A. Like winning matters throughout every single thing we do. Whether it's you know having the nicest dugout after the game, whether it's having you know whatever we do, we want to win. Whether it's running on and off the field, and, and I think that's something that he really started in Tampa Bay, and he started in Chicago right before they got really good. And I think if it's something that he's trying to get going here in Anaheim, so I hope he can get it done because. If he gets that going, he has a, a really special special trait about him that he brings out the best in guys when some guys think there's nothing left. Yeah, you have a there's a skeleton here in in Anaheim. There really is. There's there's something to be built around. You just gotta find the skin. That was kind of a weird analogy, but you know, I, I made it work. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, making us the best podcast. If you could follow, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Follow us on all our social medias. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at Nate Green thirty four. Leave us comments if you want to jump on the podcast, talk some Angels baseball with us. Shoot me a message. I am. Always down to talk some Angels baseball with anybody, especially on this podcast. And, guys, we will see you Monday. Have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.